0: in Israel, and, and many Messianic Jews, and there are Messianic believers, and I'm, I'm believing that God's going to help us come into uh, understanding the Jewish feast seasons, and when the new year, and it began last fall, <laughs> uh, 5784 is the year, if God looks at and honors any kind of calendar, that's what he goes by, but for the world, it is the beginning of a year, 2024, And I'm asking the Lord to expose for me traditions, methods, and practices that I hold sacred but are not sacred. Did you get that? And I'm among friends. We all have traditions, practices, methods. That we believe are sacred, but they're not sacred. We believe they have life in them, but they don't have any life in them. You know, that was what blinded, really, Israel when Jesus came. Because of the traditions of their religion, the traditions of, their, of, their, uh, of, their, of the system of their fathers, or whatever you want to call it, they could not see that Jesus was the Messiah. I want to be able to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, root out, expose and root out traditions, methods, practices, yeah, even beliefs that are not holy, but maybe I and or we have thought them to be holy. Because as the fire of God burns within us burns upon this church burns around our altars as we gather together you know it does two things it does expose and kind of burn up methods traditions beliefs that are that have no life in them but those that do it strengthens them it purifies them and makes them stronger it makes them holy and so that's what i'm asking the lord as we come into this year for all of you that believe that God is promising certain things for the year of 2024 and you're already hearing many voices I'm sure mostly from within the church saying things like 2024 will be the year of blank whatever they feel like you know God's telling them to to call the entire year. Let's be reminded how God looks at at, at the turn of a year. Let's be reminded. James chapter 4, verses, and this is just my introduction, so bear with me. I get two Sundays because I didn't preach last Sunday. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I get two Sundays' worth of time. I, no, but anyway, I promise we won't, we won't be here too long. James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go do this or that we will go to this or that city spend a year there 2024 the year of like the church leaders like to proclaim a lot of them carry on business there and make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist That appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Jesus told us, But seek first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, and all the things you worry over and you wrestle over and you fret over will be added unto you. And then the very next verse, this is Matthew 6, 33 and 34. The very next verse says, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. No thought. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself itself. Sufficient unto each and every day is the evil thereof. 2024, the year of. I just don't believe, I don't see that. God doesn't operate like that. He doesn't operate like that. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and God's as God's co-workers we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And the Apostle Paul says to us, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That means that each day, Is the favor of the God available to you and I? Each day is the salvation, is a day of salvation for somebody. He never asked, that's why God never asked me to love him tomorrow. He never asked me to trust him, oh, you got to trust me next month. He's not ever going to say anything like that to anybody. No, you got to serve me next week. Let me wait and see if you're going to serve me next week. Let me wait and see if you're going to believe, you know, next month, tomorrow. No, he's asking every one of us to trust him right now today, in this moment. Serve him right now cry out to him and call upon him right now today right now now is the time today is the day of salvation he's never going to tell us to trust him tomorrow next week or next month he, but he is saying, trust me today, love me today, serve me today. Right now, in this moment, each moment that he gives us, if, if we learn anything about these that have, uh, that, are, that, that, that are, we're mourning, these that have gone on and s- seemingly like so many so close together, is that life is precious, of course, and life is fleeting. You're alive in this world and you're in the presence of the Lord the next. You draw one breath here and you could draw your next one there. There's no promise of tomorrow, next week, the rest of, this, of 2024, if you will. So let's be careful that we, that we understand God's filled this day with everything you and I need to, yes, be successful, to be victorious, to trust Him, to serve Him, to let our light shine in this day. Because we just read it today is the day of salvation. This is the day of salvation. You know what that means? That for somebody out there that doesn't know the Lord, today is their day of salvation. Maybe somebody in this room, today is your day of salvation. Well, next month when I get the, when I when I get married, when I get you know, don't get me started. We know all about the the. The, the master, when he threw the banquet and all the people that had tickets, all the people that had reserved seats, all the church members, well, I can't come. I'm busy. I got married. My ox fell in the ditch. My car's got a flat. My, you know, whatever. And the master said, go out and bring them all in because when I say the banquet's ready, I want my house to be filled. And folks, the banquet is ready. The banquet of the salvation of the Lord. The banquet of the grace of the Lord and mercy of god the banquet of uh, of forgiveness is ready for those and today is the day not next week not next month not this year we will blank this year we uh, like i said i'm coming into this year asking god expose traditions methods practices even beliefs that i have lord that have no life in them that are not pleasing to you expose them as the fire is put to my life each and every day burn up that that doesn't belong lord i don't i'm not even aware you know what so the hardest thing to see is that is the problems you have yourself right oh we pride ourselves on seeing everybody else's stuff holy spirit show me my stuff like david cried out see if i can't even see it you show me if there be any wicked thing any way in me that is not life-giving because without the, the life of God, no practice, no method, no belief uh, is, is worth hanging on to. No tradition. And we don't want to, for the sake of tradition, hang on to something that's dead, that that is law, that has no life in it. So anyway, okay, if you, if you like that, Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year. It's not really the beginning of a new year in God's sight, but you know, if you... If, you feel, if that helps you to feel better, If I don't do anything today, before y'all leave, I'm going to make a lot of y'all mad. But that's all right. That's all right. Sometimes you got to get... My grandmama used to say, you can just get glad in the same britches you got mad in. Anyway, that just went right over the head of most of the younger generation. But today's message... And this is, the, this is the word I'm hearing loud in my spirit. And it's one word, harvest. Harvest. It's harvest time, friend. It's harvest time. And you and I have a part to play in that. It is harvest time. In Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1, Jesus uh, chose out 72 people. And this is what we find that, that he did. He said, I, he chose 72 people. It's important we understand that because there are a lot of even teachers and, you know, Bible teachers that'll tell you that, oh, well, you know, th- th- those promises were made only to the 12. You know, only the 12 were called to do this and, or do that or do that. That was only the 12. And so, uh, therefore, when they all died, you know, all that stuff died with them. Cessationism is called. It ceased. But we know better than that. And here's an example Jesus chose 72 people. Why the number sent? Well, you have to ask him one day. And he sent them out two by two. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. To every town, every place where he was about to go, he told them this the harvest is plentiful. Plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Verse 3. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. If I hear a word at the turn of this calendar year, that's the word I hear, it's harvest time. The harvest is ripe and ready right now all around each and every one of us. Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 4 when they, met, they stopped to rest at a well many of us know the story and the samaritan woman came to to the well and 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 they they were hungry and they wanted to go get some food and so they needed to make a mcdonald's run and so while they were gone they came back and they said aren't you hungry too and he said this luke chapter 4 verse 34 my food said jesus is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work don't you have a saying it's still four months until the harvest or the next harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. My friend, there's always, there's always been a ripe and ready harvest of souls for every generation. Ours is not excluded. Of course there is, and there's something about this this harvest, because I am convinced it's the final harvest before the final end gathering, the final reaping, if you will. Of, of of the lost to bring them into the kingdom before jesus returns before the rapture of the church before the trumpet sounds and he appears and catches up those of us who are alive and remain to join him in the air and join those that have gone on before us this is the final great harvest of souls and if there's there's one reason why the rapture of the church has not happened yet One reason and one reason only, God tells us, I'm not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. That's the reason the rapture of the church has not happened yet, because all of the signs have been and are being fulfilled all around us. There's a ripe harvest, and God is inviting each and every one of us to be laborers, harvesters, to bring souls into the kingdom. And I don't know, maybe you've, got, maybe you've got practices, beliefs, methods, or traditions that have no life in them. And you're distracted by those things and you can't see and you can't focus on the harvest that is all around you. And church, I can't say enough, do not let your hearts and your faith and your vision fail Or be turned for fear of looking upon the terror that is all around us, the darkness that is all around us. Do not allow yourself to be distracted uh, this year, especially by a politically charged environment in this presidential election year either. We have but one sovereign, one Lord let every other voice be a liar let god be true let us not be distracted because we don't even we haven't even yet seen how wicked and vile and evil it's going to get in this election year in this country the greatest persecution of the church has begun in the nations of the earth in the body of christ it's affecting america how much worse will it get get we don't know that's why you better trust your life and your hope and your eternity into the hands of God but it's begun all around the world Christians uh, persecuted martyred being murdered uh, homes burned villages burned churches burned to the ground pastors falsely accused falsely arrested thrown in prison everything they have being stolen taken from them by by dictatorships and and or by uh, mobs of false religions. This is the world that we're in right now. But be of good cheer. Jesus overcame for us. Be of good cheer because we know what is waiting for us on the other side. <clears throat> and let your light shine. Because let me tell you something, the Bible is clear. Yes, sin is abounding all around us. Sin is increasing. Darkness is increasing. Darkness is growing. But make no mistake, where sin abounds, grace does, Scripture says, "Superabound." Grace is exceeding abundantly more than the sin and the darkness could ever be. God is always ahead of darkness with His grace and with His mercy and with His salvation. Make no mistake about it. In the midst of of, of uh, uh the temptation, you know, we need to hold the fort. You know, we need to just Possibly, maybe pull back from the front line. The battle's gotten too hot. Uh, we we need to go into a retreat mode a little bit. Maybe we should just uh, be in defensive mode a little bit. Let's be content to just maintain uh, what we have. Uh, let's maybe we should just store up a little bit more uh, than we have been. We've got to become a people of the harvest. We've got to get into harvest mode. For the harvest is ripe and ready all around us, and we are advancing the kingdom of God. In the midst of darkness, we're going to take territory that the devil has prided himself on owning. We are going to push forward. This is the day of the glory of the Lord, the latter glory upon the church of God to advance the kingdom of God like never before in very difficult times. Harvest centric, harvest focused. Harvest centered because he's the Lord of the harvest and he's looking for laborers. My friend, everything that you've been through, everything that you maybe are going through right now is all because the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in you in a measure you've never known before. And what the Bible calls that latter glory measure. Everything Acts 2 Worship Center has done from our birth through today has been through and has been through and is going through right now is to release us into the harvest fields to reap a ripe and ready harvest unlike any we've ever known in our entire history God is raising you up He's raising me up He's raising this church up to make His name great and His glory known to those who do not know Him Hallelujah My friend, this time we understand what we've been saved for We get stuck on what we've been saved from Oh, thank God he saved me from this, saved me from that, saved me from sin. Of course he did. And we love to celebrate, talk about what we've been saved from. What what we've been saved from. What we've been saved from. It's time to understand what we've been saved for. We've been saved for. And that is to go into all the world. We've been saved for sending, if you will. We've been saved for sending. He called me out of darkness, yeah, Thank God he did. Why? You see, we love the come unto me part. Come unto me, come unto me, come unto me. Come unto me, come unto me. Yeah, and that's biblical. But after you come unto me, he says, now go. Yeah, I delivered you out of the darkness. Guess what? You're going right back out there with my light, the light of my glory upon your life, right back out into the darkness. As I said earlier, this is not the time to curse darkness, to avoid darkness, to run away from darkness. This is the time to march right into the darkness as the light of Jesus Christ. Turn on that light and light it up. You don't negotiate with darkness. You don't reason with darkness. You don't make deals with darkness. You just simply turn the light on. And darkness psh, is gone faster than you can see. We've got to believe that in this hour. The glory of the Lord, that latter glory, is not coming upon us just to make our business bigger, my retirement sweeter, you know, my vacation time more, uh, my, you know, investments better. The glory of the Lord is coming upon us to make Jesus known in dark places to people caught in darkness, trapped in darkness. That's what that latter glory first has to be about, of course. What we've been saved for. Not only I've been saved from, we become experts with "Come unto me, come unto me, come, come to the Bible study, come to the prayer meeting, come to the worship service, come to the outreach, come, come, come. It's time for go, go, go into all the world. All authority, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. On heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to do uh, uh, to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Mark chapter 16, he says it a little differently, starting in verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. See, pause right there because, again, uh, I've heard teachers say, well, you know, he was just giving the 12 their commissioning. To take over for him in his absence. These signs shall follow you, twelve, the twelve of y'all. No, these signs shall follow them that believe, everyone who believes upon him. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth. They went forth. They, there were some 500 in that crowd, went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Ha, hallelujah. That's not just, that was not an instruction given just to the 12. There were some 500 in that crowd as he, on the mount where he ascended before he went back into the presence of the Father. And they went forth. That whole crowd went forth. That whole crowd went forth preaching everywhere. God working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Let me tell you something. I, I, there is no other setting where you will sense and the the anointing of god where you will sense the presence of god coming upon you as when you have taken your light to somebody who is in darkness and, and you've had you you're standing there and there's an opportunity for them to come to know jesus and the presence of god and the anointing of god will come upon you like never before because he's ready to confirm His word of salvation with signs following. Hallelujah. Ready. These signs shall follow. Come, come to come, come, come. No signs following that. You're not going anywhere. You just came and met in a little group. When you go, as you go... Something or someone can follow you. You're going somewhere, something can follow you. God says these signs will follow you. As you go, again, as you become harvest-focused, as you go with the light, with that glory, that fresh glory, that latter glory that's coming upon so much of the church today that's already begun, when, as you go with that fire, that, that, that burning fire of his, uh, of his love, of His salvation, as you go, signs will follow you. Folks, we've been saved for something bigger than we are, something grand. Saved for the sake of His name, for the sake of eternity. And it doesn't matter where you came from, how old you are, what generation are you, what color is your skin, how educated are you, how are you married, are you divorced, you are you d- d- widowed, are you you know single. None of that matters. We're all called, and we're all called to to be filled with that light and to be sent forth into darkness. We've been saved for sending. And nobody else can tell your story but you. Nobody else can tell your story of His glory but you. Nobody else can tell the story of His grace in your life but you. Hallelujah. And folks, God has clearly promised the glory of the latter house, the latter generation, the latter church, your latter life. I mean, I understand that applies to me personally, my personal house. The glory of my latter years shall be the greatest. Years, the glory of this latter, this ministry shall be greater than any of the former glory, any of the former accomplishments ever. I'm embracing that to mean that, and I believe it does mean that, because that glory is rising upon the bride. It's rising, that latter glory. That means that, you know what that means? That means the glory, the power, the impact of your latter testimony. The testimony, the way you tell it now. It's going to have a fresh glory, a fresh anointing on it. It's going to have a greater power because if anybody knows the time is short, God knows the time is short. Then He's about to give the signal for the trumpet to sound and for Jesus to bring this all to a close. And then it's forever too late. It's too late. The glory of your latter praise, of your latter prayer life shall be greater than the former. The glory of your latter praise Years of, of marriage shall be greater than your former. The glory of your, your latter provision. Oh, I believe that's included. The wealth of the wicked is being stored up, laid up, stored up for, to be transferred into the hands of the righteous. I've been hearing that in my spirit more than ever before. Because I, I remember I told you what I heard God say uh, about none feeble among us, that there would be none feeble among us God spoke that word to me not too long ago, and there's more to it than just that, and I want to read it to you because that's a prophetic word for what God is going to do as he's about to bring you uh, on the last leg of your journey. I hope you understand it only took them days. It only took them days, 30, maybe 40, something like that, days to reach the promised land when they were released from Eden. It was unbelief that caused them to wander around for 40 years. They got there quick, and God was ready to bring them in. And of course, the metaphor of that—the promised land—is heaven. The land of, it's, it's heaven. The promised land, the land of plenty, the land of milk and honey, the land of, of vineyards, how, you know, wells and 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 uh, the the, bless, the blessing houses you didn't build, etc. There's there's so many parallels about that and what heaven is is that is promised to us. And look what, look what this prophecy, and it was David that reminded us in Psalm 105, and we're going to bring this to a close. He brought them forth, the people, the Jewish people, out of Egyptian bondage. They've been enslaved for 400 years. He brought them forth with silver and gold. Folks, I believe there's a latter glory blessing coming to the silver and the gold for the people of God. Supernatural Debt cancellation, supernatural blessing financially. We are not. We are not um, subject to the Dow Jones and the and the stock market and the the, the trending you know of, 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 um, bonds and whatever whatever. I mean, our investments are made in heaven. We are we are we, we we are being positioned to be blessed. Those that have been faithful in a little, God Jesus said, I'm going to bless you with much. I'm going to bless you with even more. He, the, the, the Egypt threw the gold and the silver at their feet. And then he said, there'll not be one feeble among you. I'm still standing on that word because that's a reference to senior citizens. You don't use the word feeble in reference to anybody under probably 70. You use the word feeble to senior citizens, to the age saints, the, the elderly, if you will, not one feeble among us, but, but then there's more. "...Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. God spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give them light at the night. The people asked, and he brought quails, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river." This is so rich. "...For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant, and he brought forth his people with joy." And it's chosen with gladness. And he gave them the lands of the heathen. And they inherited the labor of the people that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. That is so rich with promise that I believe is prophetic and that applies to us to this day, this day as we are truly on the last leg of the journey between here and the promised land, between here and heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God is saying, if you build my kingdom, if you'll put my business first, I'll put your business first. Uh, If you build my kingdom, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. David, because you desire to build me a house, God said to him, King David. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to build your house for at least four more generations after you, David. Because you desire, your desire is to meet the needs of my kingdom, I will meet the needs of your kingdom. Mm. And what is God's business? That none perish, but that all come to repentance what is God's business bringing in a ripened harvest bringing in a ready harvest of souls into the kingdom and folks that's what we've been called to let's move beyond what I what we've been saved from okay we've understood that long enough let's get our focus and our heart on what we've been saved for i am saved to be a light i'm, I'm you know witnessing is not what i do it's who i am i am a witness you are a witness your life is a witness. Your testimony is a witness. Your joy is a witness to others. Your peace is a witness to others. Your marriage is a witness to others. Somebody once said this, preach the gospel and some, and sometimes use words. Preach the gospel and sometimes use words. And you know what? You cannot focus on the harvest if you're carrying all of these cares some of those cares are traditions, beliefs, practices that have no life in them. He's, te- he's telling us today, cast all of your cares upon me for this reason, so that I can free you up to get focused on the harvest. You're not called to carry all of the cares of your whole family, the cares of the world even, The cares of politics. I've worried over this for the last time. I've wrestled with this thing for the last time. I've cried over this for the last time. I've argued over this for the last time. I've recalculated this for the last time. I'm going to take my hands off now. I'm going to lay my cares down. I'm going to let go of everything, every question, every frustration, every anger, every hurt, every grief, every loss, every false responsibility, every tradition, every ceremony, every ritual, every routine, every codependence. I'm even going to let go of that son or that daughter, that husband or that wife. I'm going to let them go into the hands of God. And I'm going to get about the Father's business. Because when I take care of God's business, He takes care of mine. Hallelujah. He takes care of mine. Let's stand up on our feet in this house. I want to invite you to come. Uh, set a precedent for 2024. Bring every chair, every burden. Let's come around this altar and let God see, Lord, this is what we mean. We are committing ourselves to the harvest. I am committing myself to the harvest. Lord, I, I, I you can send me. You can send me. I don't have a problem understanding. Come, 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 come. Lord, give me a revelation about go. You've called me to go. You've sent me to go. You've sent me to take the light into the darkness. You saved me out of it and then you threw me right back in it to light it up and to bring the hope of Jesus to take that glory that you're doing that ladder glory work, that new fresh fire, that fire of the Holy Ghost and you're burning out all the traditions all the cares, all the false beliefs, all the rituals that I thought some of them had life in them but they don't have any life in them You're filling me fresh with your Holy Spirit. You're filling me fresh with your Holy Spirit. And I can't make you. I'm inviting you. Give yourself to the harvest. Give yourself to the harvest. Every generation represented in this room, give yourself today to the harvest. Oh, this is your New Year's theme. No, it's every day. Every day. Because every day is the day of salvation for somebody. It's the day of salvation for somebody. If you want to see those somebodies, God will show you those somebodies and he will open your eyes to see them. You've been friends with this one, friends with that one. It's time to turn the light on. It's time to stop tiptoe, soft talking, sweet talking, being so careful around people. Their soul hangs in the balance. Their souls hang in the balance. Uh Their souls are hanging in the balance. Tell them. It's time to tell them now that Jesus loves them. It's time to tell them now the truth. In the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, present yourself a fresh new sacrifice to God. If that's where you're at right now, Lord, you can count on me. I want to be harvest centric in everything I say and do and every place I go. Lord, I want to be harvest centric in how I spend my money. Uh Uh-oh, I told you I'd make somebody mad. How I spend my money. I want to be about the harvest. I want to be about the harvest. The harvest is ripe today is the day of salvation for somebody and Lord I have nothing to lose I'm not living my life to be liked to be uh, uh, promoted uh, uh, to be respected by all I think Jesus said whoa when everybody loves you whoa when everybody speaks well of you I want to tell the truth because they've got I might be talking to somebody who has everything to lose meaning their own soul the more my soul is securing my name is written down in the book I've got nothing to lose in this life to be light and to be about the harvest. And Lord, help this church. Lord, we want to break every tradition that has no life in it. Every practice, every method that we have as a church that has no life in it. Expose, reveal it to us that we break them, oh God, so that we can be about the harvest both here and around the world. We can be of greater impact to with the partners that we have both here and around the world and most of all every single day every single day cuz father you're not going to make anybody be a laborer in the harvest you're not going to make any one of us but if we say here am i lord send me here am i i'll go then you'll show us each and every day somebody who for them that's their day of salvation and you can we can speak a word in the right moment at the right time, and see the power of God and the demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Signs following. Lord, I'm calling for signs following. Signs following as we go into the harvest fields. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Each day can't say enough this is no new year's theme i'm talking about each and every day until i see jesus face to face lord help me to be harvest centric harvest focused help me lord each and every day one day at a time again no help me next week next month no help me today sufficient unto the day is all the stuff you got to get victory over help me today to be harvest centric Lord, help this church to be harvest centric. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. And show me who you are and fill. With your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Oh, holy, there is no one like you. Se no dije
0: I believe some of you are going to come back with testimonies that, as as you took each day and you said, "Lord, help me to be harvest centric, harvest focused today," He's going to do something that's been a deep cry of your own heart. Be it a healing, be it a relationship restored, that person's going to call that prodigal son daughter mother father you god is going to begin to show you if you'll be about my business i will be about your business whatever that is and so that's that's the promise of god that's not me telling you that that's the promise of the lord i know what you have need of even before you ask focus on the harvest i've got somebody to save today you want to help me with that you want to partner with me concerning that I'll take care of everything every need that you have if you'll get about and be about the harvest from this day forward each and every day get ready because he will I believe it he will he will but again this is not this, please don't leave here today oh I love pastor's theme for the new year please this is what God is speaking to me for us right now from this day forward not a New Year's theme, and I was caught up in that for a long time. I, I could, I could out theme the best of them for twenty-something years. I could make, <coughs> I could make, make it rhyme no matter what the year, the year was. But God delivered me from that. It, it was a gimmick. It was a gimmick. Sufficient unto the day. Don't say tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come trust me today be a light today believe today pray and worship me today serve me today be about my business and see if I won't be about your business and that's the reason for the latter glory first and foremost darkness grows darkness we need that latter glory light upon us to pierce that darkness every single day don't expect the darkness to get less it's only going to increase and get more but in the midst of that, God has a people and he has a harvest that's ready. and We're going to be a part of that harvest. We're going to be a church, not just for us. I love that. We're going to be a church for others. Change how we the Church for others, not just a church for us, not just come, 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 come. But for others coming in to be a part of this as they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen? God